Hey team, it's Steady State Podcast. Your rowing fix where the water's always flat, the catches are clean, and you can always hear the coxswain. It's Rachel Friedman and Tara Morgan. This is Steady State Podcast. Sit ready. We're reframing the popular yet limited narrative about rowing culture by celebrating the expansive array of rowers, coaches, and coxswains in a podcast designed to savor real-life experience from launch to cox seat at every level. Steady State is made possible by support from our Patreon community. Thanks especially to Jen, Grace, and Patricia. Go team! Thanks to everyone who listened to our last episode with Coach Sarah Nevin. We talked with Coach Sarah about her nearly undefeated collegiate career at the University of Washington and her time on the U.S. national team in the women's pair with fellow longtime coach Eleanor McIlvain. We told stories and heard some great coaching isms from Coach Sarah, who went on to lead high school, masters, and collegiate programs and is considered a legend in the sport. If you missed it or any of our episodes, listen anytime at steadystatenetwork.com slash podcast. You can also subscribe to Steady State Podcast on your favorite podcast app. And while you're there, we'd love it if you left us a review. Be sure to leave your contact information because everybody who leaves a review is entered to win a limited edition, one-of-a-kind Steady State sticker. Thanks. Here at Steady State Network, we're super curious about backstories. What makes people the rowers, coaches, and coxswains that they are today? On this week's episode, we're heading north of the border and checking in with members of the Halifax Rowing Club located in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Here's a little bit of background. Halifax Rowing Club is Atlantic Canada's largest club. They've got Learn to Row, they've got Juniors, they've got University, Masters, Recreational, and my favorite, Para Rowing Program. But the reason they're on the show with us today is just like Rachel said, we are super excited to talk to people about the rowing stories, but we're also intrigued and impressed that despite a global pandemic that wreaked havoc on their rowing season, uh, the Halifax team spirit remained intact and some rowing continued and even adult and junior uh, awards were handed out. So today we're talking with coach Holly Davey, club programs director and rower Jen Devitt, and club members Kathy Schwartzentruber and Craig Evans. Well, thanks for jumping to it and joining us. We really appreciate it. All right, so Coach Holly, we're gonna start with you. We sure. like to ask people their rowing origin stories. So since you're the coach, we'll have you go first. So how did you get involved in the sport? So my dad is actually from the UK and over there, he didn't row competitively or anything like that, but he did, it was kind of like here, we have soccer or basketball in gym class, they had rowing is just another kind of sport that everyone tried. So before I rode, I was actually a competitive swimmer and I would swim kind of September till June and I needed a, a form of cross training to stay fit during the summer off season. So I, I think it was mid-August one year, my dad just decided, hey, let's get you trying rowing, seeing if it's something that you enjoy. Um, so I rowed for a couple of weeks. Back then there wasn't actually a learn to row program. I was just kind of thrown right into a quad with people who'd been rowing for years and years. And uh, I learned how to row okay over the, those couple of weeks. And then I went back to one swim practice and I started swimming and doing the workout, you know, that I would always do and, and usually enjoy. But I realized kind of at that moment that rowing was way more enjoyable. And I, um, I loved rowing a lot more. So after that one swim practice, I had to tell my swim coach that maybe I didn't want to swim anymore and oh, no. what was supposed to be cross training ended up becoming my uh, permanent sport and so that was about 10 years ago that I did that. Yeah that sounds amazing that you know just that short little bit of time rowing and then mm -hmm. that flip of the switch yeah. with one time back in the pool so what was it about rowing that really attracted you? I think for me as with a lot of rowers I hadn't found a ton of sports. I don't have a lot of hand-eye coordination. I, you know, there's a few sports that I, I enjoy and am able to do well. And so finding something, at that point, I kind of thought swimming was my only option. I tried all the, you know, regular mainstream sports and none of them really worked out. And so trying rowing, I thought it was just going to be, you know, you go out in a kayak or a canoe recreationally in the summer. I thought it was going to be right. something like that. Um, and I think part of it was I had, 
was rowing with people that had gone to to Canada Games, which happen every four years, Olympic style for the the top rowers in in Canada. And so I was rowing in boats with them, and I could see how much they enjoyed it, and and how intense and kind of competitive you could be in the sport. And back then, there were only four or five juniors in the in the club at all. Since then, we've seen all the way up to a hundred and any number between there. But it was rowing was pretty unknown back then. So I think it was just seeing that I could actually do that sport, enjoy it, be outside, not stuck in a pool every day. Um, and, you know, potentially have a, a future in, in a sport that I didn't think was even possible. So when did all that happen when you were in high school or when you were so I was, it was the summer before I went into grade nine, which here we have junior high grade seven through nine. And I actually grew up about 30 minutes outside of the city. And that year marked me because of the swimming. When I was swimming downtown, I had already planned to kind of switch into a school district. It was a whole ordeal, but I had already gone through the process of being able to switch to the school closer to the pool, which happened to be the same school I needed to go to, to row at the, the club that I wanted to row at. So it kind of all happened in grade nine. And then I was able to keep, keep rowing at the Halifax Rowing Club all the way through high school and then a little bit in university. So you're a, you're a legacy athlete at this club, right? <laughs> so they must be thrilled to have you step into the coaching role. How did you be, end up becoming a coach? And what, what do you coach there? So I coach a bit of everything. Um, I do a lot of work with our junior and kind of U23 program are, are recreational and competitive athletes but at the Halifax Rowing Club kind of all the coaches coach everyone so that's why I get to know the the adults so well like I still teach learn throws from time to time um I get to work with everyone para junior masters and everything in between um I started coaching basically as a way to be able to keep training <laughs> so I started when I was 16 so the summer of 2012 2013 um and i was gearing up to go to canada games in 2013 and most jobs if you work retail or at the movie theater some things like that it's a very kind of random schedule and it's not always conducive for rowing training if i need to train at 5 30 in the morning and then again in the afternoon but being able to work at a rowing club they understood kind of the training demands and when I needed to work and it basically allowed me to just spend 12 14 hours a day at the rowing club which at the time sounded like a, a great option for a summer job and then from there I just kept coaching through school whether it was winter training or or the summer season coaching um recreational athletes and then I started to move into the competitive role and then as most rowing coaches <laughs> I ended up with a back injury and in my the end of my first year of university I had to to stop rowing and it was a way to stick around the boat club because at that point I'd been doing it for for six or seven years and this was kind of all I knew and I just wanted to kind of stick around. Yeah yeah so Kathy and then Craig um, how long have you been rowing and what got you hooked? This was my third season. I used to drive by not jubilee there was a sign which said halifax you know rowing club open house find out about rowing and i would drive by that sign so that kind of was in my head and i also remembered when i was used to be a member at dalplex university sports center here and it was on a, an erg machine once and kind of liked it and that was like 20 years ago so i was turning 60 that year and the open house was on april the 22nd which was my birthday so i was determined i was going to do that the afternoon of my birthday but then my children surprised me with a party so that didn't happen so i ended up doing a learn to row in may and was hooked absolutely hooked well, what was it about it being in the boat, the sound of the water, your teammates? Do you remember those early days and what oh, really I, got you hooked? I certainly do. Um, I retired from teaching about that time because of some physical limitations in my feet and ankles. I was looking for a sport that I could do sitting down. <laughs> this was perfect. 
So it came down to that first Learn to Row class and there was two beautiful young women coaches. One was a current student and one was a former student. And I thought, oh my, what's this gonna be like? But they were just two beautiful young women and uh, I just had a really good time with them. It's so beautiful here, our, our rowing club on the Northwest Arm, and you can see the mouth of the harbor, and you can seals pop up every once in a while, and sunsets are beautiful, and container ships float by. Um, I kind of like, when you get into a rhythm in a, in a quad, it's, you can have a few zen moments, not a lot, but you can have a few zen moments, and I really like that. Craig, when did you start rowing, and what really got you uh, hooked to it? I'm a rowing dad, so I've been around rowing since 2008, like about when Holly started. My son uh, rowed with her, um, so I was around the club a lot, uh, but I have another child, so my job was to uh, drive her around, but I would also have to pick up my son, so my, my, my wife and my son rowed together from 2008 on, and... Um, Significant event, what, what got me into actually rowing, to, to the physical activity of rowing, other than being the dad's support group, uh, towing trailers and getting kids around or whatever we needed to do during that, my, my, my time as a rowing dad, I'd be becoming a rowing athlete in 2016. I, uh, uh, I'm retired military uh, submariner and uh, that compression I had uh, some major hip reconstruction surgery on my left hip so I was looking for something to stay fit and to be active and uh, that was easy you know my wife looked across the table and she was like duh you need to go rowing <laughs> you know? and knowing everybody in the club like Holly and Jen and 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 a bunch I'm sorry Kathy I we don't Never really met. that well <laughs> uh, because the club is so big now uh, it, it it's sometimes you don't see everybody or remember their names right um, so yeah I, uh, I I started winter training on land on the erg and uh, that was great my recovery uh, I needed low impact uh, but something that kept the cardio up and uh which was phenomenal so 2016 and i'll be honest i didn't do everything that my surgeon and physio said to do uh, i worked in the marine industry after my military career and went right back to sea and worked hard and did all sorts of lifting and stuff that i wasn't supposed to do and guess what 2019 another surgery same hip um but I stuck to it and uh, let my physio and my, and my ortho know that uh, rowing is a big part of my recovery plan and if we can integrate that into it. And they were all on board. And of course, talking with Holly and all the other coaches, they were like, yep, we're gonna look after that hip. We're gonna take it easy. And yeah, she's after you when you're leaning back too far. And you're not using the proper technique because it hurts it, 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 when you're on it for a long time. just starting to get some endurance now and uh, this year uh, pandemic year believe it or not my first year on the water uh, was awesome I was very fortunate that one of the senior um, athletes uh, in the club Jonathan Tyson um, agreed to take me on as a double because we were able to bubble double whatever you want to call it and uh, so not only did I have Holly and all the other coaches in a coach boat I had a coach sitting right behind me going, too far, dude, you're not reaching enough, you gotta do this, and it's been awesome. And we, we continue that weekly, Jonathan and I work out every day via Zoom or, well, we use Strava. Uh, Jen is part of that Strava group, and a lot of the other in the club are as well. And uh, Holly just put out the latest challenge, the Christmas challenge, so we'll do that virtually over uh, December. So kudos to her. And uh, that drives one another, just even being able to do that and keep you going. And for me, it's my physical well-being, but it's also um, when you log on to Strava and you see Jen's done a 5K run, you go, can't run. <laughs> what? I can row. <laughs> you know, so it's great. It's, uh, it's so good that way. It keeps you, uh, keeps you invigorated in, in, in being active and staying healthy. Absolutely. 
Yeah, I actually, I, I just love the fact that um, you got hooked first really as an indoor rower, right? You spent some time on the erg and then that didn't scare you away. And you said, okay, now I want to get on the water and give this a shot. Because some people, you know, and, um, and uh, uh, Kathy said the same thing that she remembered enjoying being on the erg, which is just not something you hear a whole lot. Um, and so and spend it's really enough nice. time on it, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. It depends on what you're doing. Like sometimes I enjoy it. Sometimes I loathe it. But uh, I just love that both of you um, had time on an erg and then um, decided to continue on. So we're going to finish up uh, this question with Jen. And so what about you? How did you get into rowing? So I um, started rowing 29 years ago, and that was when uh, I, I grew up in Colorado most of my life, and I went to Colorado State University for college, and rowing was not a thing back then in Colorado. There weren't any rowing clubs. Perhaps there were some people that had singles, but I didn't know anybody who rowed. I'd only seen it in TV and movies, and I went um, to University of Rhode Island my junior year for a national student exchange. And I was in the cafeteria one day and I saw these table tent advertisements saying, come try rowing. We're having the tryouts. You don't need to have any prior experience. So I thought, mm, great, I'll try and do this. I was trying to like branch out and do some, some things that I couldn't do back in Colorado. And so I went to it and was immediately um, hooked on it. And for me, I mean, it was just really challenging. I was thrown into the bow seat of an eight. And because I was lightweight, I, I tended to get into better boats than I deserved to be in just because of my size. But I was thrown in the, in the way bow so that I wouldn't mess everybody else up. But it was a quick learning curve for me. But I just always had to pinch myself that I was living in New England, doing something completely different that I could never do in Colorado. And it was just such a beautiful sport. Um, so then I just did one year at University of Rhode Island, and I had to go back to my my home school for the, the rest of my degree. Um, and again, I couldn't row in Colorado. But then I ended up living in Madison, Wisconsin a few years later and rowed with a, a great club there, Mendota Rowing Club. And so I rowed with them oh. for four years. Yeah, we know um, Mendota. had a great time there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a great club. And so I did. So then I joined more of a competitive stream um, there and then moved back to Colorado for grad school. Again, couldn't row until I moved to Halifax. Um, I moved here about 12 years ago now, and I've been rowing with Halifax Rowing Club for seven years. Um, so you were at a sweep background um, in the bow of a boat, so you got to see the finish line before everybody else, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> Actually, I, so I, I'm quite small, and so I always, always row bow seat, and there is something kind of exciting about that. I always like being the first one across the line. Yeah. It's funny, because uh, now I try to do everything I can to stay out of the bow, and I think it's just because now I feel like I've graduated, and I don't have to be put in the back of the boat, even though I realize that the bow seat has a really integral part to the boat, too, yeah. but for me, it always feels like that's punishment to be way back in the bow. And you know, for now that we're doing more sculling, then the bow is also the person that has to do the steering. So I would rather just be set right. in pace stroke seat. Yeah. So Jen, since you're the club programs director, according to Coach Holly, um, can you just tell us a little bit about Halifax Rowing Club? And we want to make sure our listeners know this is not Halifax Rowing Association in Florida. This is Halifax Rowing Yes, this is Halifax yeah. Rowing Club. Jen, can you tell us a little bit uh, about how the club got started and who rose there, how many people, and what's really special about this club? Uh, so the club started in the late 70s, and it was put together by some um, faculty and alumni from Dalhousie University. And Dalhousie is the largest university in Atlanta, Canada, and we're closely associated with them for rowing. And so they started it more as a Dalhousie rowing club, and then it transitioned um, into the Halifax slash Dalhousie Rowing Club in the 80s, but it was still mainly for university rowers. And then it became more of a community-based rowing club in the 90s when uh, they started introducing more organized learn-to-row courses and had junior components. So it was just reaching a broader rank range of rowers at that time. Um, I think one of the, the best things about our club, other than our wonderful membership, is um, where we row and Kathy kind of touched on that as well as far as uh, we're on the northwest arm and that's um, 
a really long narrow inlet of the ocean. It's just over four kilometers long. So we have a really long rowing course, although it does have some turns and things we have to watch out for like buoys and um, moored boats. Um, there's a couple of yacht clubs along the arm as well. Um, but it, it's just, it's stunningly beautiful for us to be rowing there. And our club is toward the, um, the inlet side of um, the arm, but when we row out toward the, the mouth of the, um, the arm, we can see the open ocean and we have spectacular sunrises that we can see. And uh, Kathy mentioned the seals. I mean, we commonly see seals virtually every day, but sometimes we'll see things like porpoises or um, whales. Um, I had really? a, a, yeah, it, it doesn't happen very often. Like um, this year I was rowing with my bubble double partner Mika and we were out and we were one of the only boats out um, as far as we were at that time because the other boats had kind of turned around to head back and we first we saw two porpoises that were um, were jumping around around us and then a minke whale came up beside us it was very close to us it was almost scary but not quite I mean they're not huge whales but it was uh, doing a little lunge feeding where we could see it going after the fish and we just she just kept on grabbing me from behind because we're just like oh my gosh what are we seeing right now um, we just felt like we were in the middle of National Geographic, but it really wow. is an amazing place to row. That's great. We we have a portion of the show called uh, Best Part of Your Rowing Week, and we had a guy on the last episode who uh, saw a humpback uh, on Ooh. his, yeah, yeah, that's like the size of a city bus. Well, I love your descriptions of this place, and, and we'll definitely follow up and see if you've got any good photos uh, of such such sunrises, I'm sure. You know, who doesn't mm -hmm. love a good sunrise rowing picture, right? Yeah. I mean, definitely have some of those. And, and Holly is amazing with her photography skills, so I'm sure oh. she has some great pictures to share. Perfect. We'd love to put some on the show notes page uh, for after the show that, or for when people listen. Yeah. So I'm curious, I'm listening to you talk about the history of the club, because maybe I was researching the Rug Club because the notes that I have say that Halifax uh, Rowing Club was established in 1919. Do you yeah. know what I might be talking about? And it says uh, based out of the historic St. Mary's Boat Club. That's you guys, right? Yeah, that's correct. You got it. Uh, Halifax Rowing Club has been around a very long time and uh, we still host, what, what's the name of the regatta? You guys Reg might be able to help me. The Cogswell? Cogswell Pelham, yeah. Yeah, and it's been around, oh gosh, we have, there's at our natural history museum, there's a belt. That's, that's one every year. Um, yeah, a belt? so you're, you're, you're uh, yeah, there's a, a belt, like a physical belt. Like you see in wrestling. Like, like wrestling, a wrestling yeah. belt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> We need a picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah, there's. We kind of have the the modern history where the club mm -hmm. kind of as we know it. But Halifax Rowing Club used to be one of like ten rowing clubs on, on the northwest arm on the inlet that we row on. And uh, back then, betting on rowing racing was more popular than horse racing or gambling or anything like that. It was one of the biggest. Uh, biggest events in Halifax so people would line the the shores of the northwest arm and, and watch the rowing racing um but because of that the city kind of cracked down on the rowing and made it kind of go not underground but it wasn't the, the clubs kind of shrank a lot of them shut down and then um now we just have the one Halifax rowing club on the arm so it was kind of our historical past and then we not not prohibition but we kind of got shut down and, and put under the ground and then back like Jen said in the 70s it was kind of revived as a more mainstream rowing club yeah. well, uh, the museum has a lot of good facts on that history and one of the things was the regatta the Cogswell regatta used to be in the main harbor of Halifax mm -hmm. and then it was shortly I forget when um, when it moved to actually moved to the northwest arm so it a lot of the, the rowing used to be right in the main Halifax Harbor. Wow. Is interesting, yeah. It's been around a long, long time here. Yeah. I, which, like like Holly said, we were one of 10, and I forget which one is the, actually the first rowing club in Canada, but I, I believe we're up there. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know my historical facts that well, but been, been to the museum, and we've had the museum down to talk to our club members about that. And the Cogswell Regatta, is, it's always a good reminder of, of, of our history. Yeah, as I understand, that celebrated its 150th running back in 2017. Mm -hmm. um, it sounds like it's still alive and well, but I'm very curious what happened this year, if you were able to run that at all. 
No. no, unfortunately, we did kind of just within our practices some race pieces, but COVID restrictions have been pretty strict around sport here in Nova Scotia since the beginning of the pandemic. So we haven't been able to run any sort of inter-club uh, competitions, but we, we did do some, some pieces. And actually for the first time for many of our athletes, we did the virtual head of the Charles. As an athlete myself, I tried for years to try to get a lottery entry, but as a junior and university age grower, it's nearly impossible. Um, so it was fun for our athletes to be able to compete in head of the Charles, even if it was virtually. And, and that course almost exactly mimicked the, the course that we would use for the um, Cogswell, Pelham, Halifax, Harbor, Regatta. Wow, way, way to pivot. That's a great pivot. And, and you know, it's, I think it's really interesting, these virtual events uh, like the head of the Charles, you know, it's a real honor to be able to go to that regatta if you are not right in the Boston area or in the Northeast area where it's drivable, right? Like that's, it's a regional regatta for them. For us, it's like the Super Bowl, right? Like we, we spend and raise money and, and trailer boats from California and Washington all the way to Boston. And, mm -hmm. and it's such a big deal. So it's such an, a really lovely pivot on their part. Um, the, yeah. what was it? 4,078 meters was the 4,702 meters. Or 4,702. That was the number. Yeah. Yeah. Very smart, uh, the way that they did that. Because I know when I was talking to the organizers of that, they waited until the very last possible moment to cancel that. Because um, that's a big, it's a big thing. Yeah. So, Kathy, I'm wondering, since you're kind of the new, one of the newer, newer novices, how has your racing experience been? Have you been racing? Are you interested in racing? Uh, no experience and not really interested. I had that sense about you. I had that sense that you are a true recreational. True um, recreational rower, yes. Beautiful. I used to coach a lovely group of, of folks who were older rowers who just loved being outside and seeing uh, the birds and, and getting a good workout and seeing their friends. I've only been rowing a single this year, which is my first year in a single, which was absolutely, Holly was my exclusive coach for that time and Ooh. I've just been couldn't have couldn't afforded that otherwise like uh, the hours of time she's put into me it's um it was really wonderful but it was terrifying as well <laughs> right so what did the season look like for HRC this year so normally we get on the water kind of end of April beginning of May um for us we started to see, we actually had our winter training shut down kind of mid-March. Um, and from there, we pivoted to kind of lending out the ergs to members who are interested and, and kind of virtual training at home. We did some uh, virtual challenges and things like that, but we didn't get on the water till June 21st this year because a combination of national restrictions rowing Canada as well as our, our local government. Um, so from there, because Rowing Canada was essentially announcing opening or closing restrictions every two weeks, um, it was kind of playing everything by ear. At the beginning of the season, we were told singles only and then household family doubles, which as a rowing club, we have about 150 people that, that train regularly out of our very small um, two-boat bay rowing club, which meant, you know, we have, I think, six or seven singles and then eight doubles that were, were, were running and we were running at full capacity. So we actually had to add sessions throughout the day. Um, so I think we had four, four or five, five different time slots running throughout the day for, for different athletes. And, and you were restricted to your kind of cohort. So you could only row at your time, either in your single or your double. And we got that going for a couple of weeks and then rowing Canada opened up restrictions or lifted some of the restrictions again so that we were able to do one set bubble double as Craig said um, so you could you didn't have to be living in the same household but you could only row with that one person um, in a double if you wanted to and so we did that for for another few weeks and then eventually I think it was July or August they said that we were allowed to start using quads and uh, eights. We didn't get any of the eights going just because <laughs> it was uh, we weren't sure if stuff was going to get shut down or it's you know it's a lot and and we're a predominantly sculling club so usually we do the eights for fun if we can get people together on a Saturday morning or in preparation for for racing with our juniors. Um, 
but we were able to get some quads going. And then unfortunately, uh, the city came in and, and shut our water off earlier than anticipated. So kind of mid-October, the they had closed down because we rent from a recreational facility. And so they didn't have any programs coming. So we kind of got our season cut a little a little short. We weren't able to row into to November like we normally do. So we got to enjoy quads for, for a few weeks and and then it was all over. Did you have any opportunity to recruit uh, new rowers either through a land program or a true, a typical learn to row, like a singles learn to row? Yeah, so we weren't allowed to do our normal kind of quad or eight learn to rows, but we were able to do sort of one-on-one. -on -one. So part of kind of what Kathy was talking about with the, the single time is we had coaches designated in certain time slots to teach people who'd never been in singles before, who'd only rowed quads or doubles, how to row the, the single and, and be comfortable on the single. And, and through that as well, we had quite a few siblings and family members mm -hmm. that started rowing that had never rowed before. Um, predominantly because the, the rule from Rowing Canada was if you were gonna learn to row in a double, which is what most people are more comfortable in that than a single, um, it had to be with someone from your household. So a lot of our juniors had siblings that they brought out and started rowing who are now continuing to train with our our program, but we didn't have a ton of um, community outreach that we were able to do. Normally in the springs, we go into the, the middle schools or the junior highs and teach erging to the gym classes. And then a lot of those people come back and learn to row throughout the season. And, and for our adults, people are tend to be a bit more comfortable learning to row in the bigger boats. So when that wasn't an option, it made it a little trickier. Yeah, it's something that I think we'll be following uh, for the next year is the mm -hmm. is the downturn in learn to row, you know, because I typically will teach a learn to row class four times in one year with 20 to 25 students in each mm -hmm. and all of that growth, you know, and that uh, retention and growth that can happen over a year. But I think we're hearing from so many clubs like Halifax that have really done a lovely job of connecting people and keeping people connected to their community. Which brings us to the point of today's show, which is the awards. Yes. <laughs> okay. So Rachel and I love this. This is how we found you guys. I saw your awards list on Facebook and I was like, we have to meet these people. We have to talk about this because it just was such a glimmer of normalcy. Mm -hmm. It was where we all want to land at the end of our season, at the gala, at the potluck, at the, you know, scones and coffee after practice, <laughs> here's your cute uh, homemade trophy uh, for doing whatever you did, or even the more uh, sophisticated versions of it. So I know in my experience as a master's rower, I was a junior rower, but also a master's rower, uh, there was an award that was really up there right? It was called the Coach's Award. It was really up there. I was in a women's club called Conover Rowing Club, and I wanted nothing more than to win this award. I just, it was everything to me to win this award. I never won this award. I don't think I ever even got close, but it was just such a joy to watch that award be, a, be given, mm -hmm. and it was always a surprise. No one knew who was going to win it. It was never known. And it was just the ultimate honor um, to be recognized for being everything to that coach that year or whatever the, the situation was. Sometimes it was overcoming adversity. Uh, sometimes it was uh, just being awesome in the face of, you know, a crazy year or something. Rachel, have you gotten any awards? Uh, yeah, so I, I think I've gotten a, a couple a, a few uh, i've given a lot more as a coach um but the first award i remember getting i wish that i had never received uh i think i had been rowing if i had been rowing for four years it was probably a lot i was one of those young whippersnappers who thought they knew everything i like i mentioned before i got seated in bow all the time and I like to talk back there. I, I don't even know who I talk. I just talked all the time back there. I probably talked to two seat. I probably yelled up to four seat. I probably talked to the coach. I was probably laughing about things, but I was a talker. And I, like Tara was saying, and I think a lot of us feel this at clubs that there's something that you want to aspire to. And at the end of the season, there are always awards 
And there were some like, you know, I was in my early 20s. There are some rowers that had been there for a while that I really um, looked up to. And they were handing out awards at the end of the season. And they gave me the Big Mouth and Bow Award. And they gave me a little paper thing that said Big Mouth and Bow. But what I will always remember is they gave me a coxswain headset to go with it. And that, let me tell you, I did not think was funny. They thought it was hilarious, but it shut me up. And I don't know if that's what they were going for, but it was humiliating. Oh, Rachel. The next season, I was like, oh, right then. Oh. (laughs) So that's the award that I remember the most, the one that really stuck with me. I mean, I, I could look for pity, but on the other hand, it taught me something, you know, it really taught me something. And um, from there on out, I learned like it wasn't my place to be talking back there all the time, at least not in our boat club. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, so we wanted to have Holly reenact for mm-hmm. us as if we were at an awards ceremony and hand out today's awards, which we have. Uh, three awards to give out. I know two of you share one award, but we could do it as three awards. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Holly, take it away. You're up. Sure. So this is pretty familiar because for the first time ever, we had our awards over Zoom um, a couple of weeks ago. So pretty familiar. Um, and something unique about, I actually went through and, and changed a lot of awards from previous years to this year, just as kind of Um, In Nova Scotia, we're trying to move away from the intense kind of gendering that there is in the sport and and making it a lot more inclusive and acknowledging that not everyone kind of fits in the binary. So in past years, we had things like oars man and oars woman for for every kind of category that you would row. But this year, we kind of wanted to move away from that and make it more values based and not just because you happen to be you know, a particular gender or, or something like that. So um, this year we introduced a few different awards and then we had some familiar ones as well. Um, the first one that we kind of added in was the Hammer Award. And we decided that the Hammer Award would be given to the athlete who kind of exemplified qualities of grit, dedication and commitment to their training at the Halifax Rowing Club. So these athletes have demonstrated their ability to go above and beyond in their training through the 2020 season. And and a lot of talk this season was about enjoying rowing again and not worrying about competition or, or high performance values. But we didn't want to ignore the fact that a lot of people did continue to train as high performance athletes twice a day, three times a day, whatever their kind of goals were. So um, the recipient for one of our adults for the Hammer Award, they every single day we're training two, three, sometimes four workouts a day, um, which I continue to be in awe about. Um, We were running dry land sessions to supplement the uh, on-water training just to give members kind of more sense of community and more opportunities because we weren't rowing as often on the water. And so um, this person, along with their partner in crime, um, were present at every single dry land session and, and could be heard recruiting and yelling down to the dock anyone who just come off the water trying to get them to come up because they themselves had already rowed at 5 30 that morning gone and got a coffee and then come back to to row so uh the winner for our hammer award for their incredible training and their recruitment efforts for any and every type of physical activity was jed and debit congratulations jen thank you do you have anything to say, Jen? <laughs> <laughs> uh, really, the only thing that got me through this pandemic is working out, I think. <laughs> so it's really just a matter of keeping my sanity. And I love being down at the boathouse. So the more time I can spend down there, the better. And I just really enjoy the people down there. So Rob was the other recipient of this award. And so the two of us would be at every dry land training and definitely trying to recruit people. But it, it's really tough to recruit people to come upstairs and do burpees after they've just rowed. So, you know, it, we had minimal success but we did manage to get some people some people came once and never came back again but um (laughs) we did we would up the ante like we would be giving away donuts if they came or promising this or that but uh it it was a lot of fun yes (laughs) (laughs) all right who's next awesome so the next award um that we have two recipients for is our most improved award 
Um, and so this was given to the athletes who exhibited constant improvement in the sport of rowing through their dedication and commitment to training at the Halifax Rowing Club. And so the first recipient of this award, um, kind of as we mentioned earlier, they were a parent of a former junior, one of my teammates and best friends to this day. Um, they began training in the winter, had to step away for, for surgery and, and kind of had an unconventional start. Most people get hooked on the water and then begrudgingly decide that they're gonna train through the winter to, to, to stay training. But, but this person started on the winter and had to wait a couple of years to be able to train on the water, which is inspiring in and of itself. Um, but throughout the season, they were constantly in our kind of Strava groups marking down comments or focuses or, or what they kind of took away from the session, which is refreshing, refreshing as a coach, because often you feel like you're, you're, you know, talking to people or giving that feedback and you're not sure if it's really sticking. So it was always enjoyable for me to go back through Strava at the end of the, the day and see kind of the lessons they'd taken away from the workout or the session that we were doing. So um, for their constant improvement and, and dedication to getting better at the sport of rowing, the first recipient is Craig Evans. Thank you. Well, it's, it's not hard to start from zero. So <laughs> I only had uh, time on the water, learned to row last year pre-surgery. I got that out of the way and hopefully, but uh, I was working then. Uh, so I never really got to get onto the water. And fortunately, 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 uh, because I, in my rehabilitation, I went into the winter training uh, and having all this great group around me to drive me, um, I did want, of course, I've always wanted to be on the water since 2008. I've been watching these guys and many, many learned to rows go out on the water and how much fun they have. Um, it, it's hard to turn around and be the dad and, and drive away, but that's what you do as a parent. But now I'm, uh, I'm, I'm an empty nester and I have time. So um, it was great this year. Fortunately, uh, the belief and <laughs> a little bit of coercion on the coach's part, you know, um, not, uh, because we could only get out in a single and I was a little apprehensive, you know, and I was surprised I didn't get the golden flipper award, but because uh, initially going out in a single, I, I had a couple of, couple of, uh, uh, experiences we'll call them but uh, that was all right call him the the head coach at the club he was there to drag my butt into the boat and get me <laughs> reoriented and we discussed what I did wrong and the first part was learning balance yeah right. <laughs> uh, and then fortunately uh, one of the seniors Jonathan as I said earlier uh, offered the double bubble when things opened up a little bit and that was that was just the, the learning curve went crazy steep and uh, it was awesome. And yes, Strava was great in that uh, we could talk that way because it's hard because you're in the club, you got to get cleaned up and you got to get out so the next session can come in. So you don't have time to linger around and chat about your technique and what you took from that session. So I did it, uh, being ex-military, I was like, okay, I, I, need, I, need, I need to rehash this because what's the lesson learned from it? So I did it that way. I was like, okay, uh, I learned, you know, even when I was in the single from right off the bat, I was like, okay, flip today, but that's okay. Um, got out, that's an experience in itself. You need to learn that. You need to learn to, to fall in the water and safely get back out and into the boat. Who knew? But I found out. <laughs> Um, well, congratulations. But that, yeah, so uh, I think everybody, that's one of the first things you should do is sit in a boat and you should be forced to flip. Don't worry about it. You know, you can swim, you know, coach is right there. You're going to get out, you're going to be safe. And for a guy with PTSD, that was a big thing for me. That was very, very big. I was very worried, um, but it was awesome. And wow. so, yeah, most improved. Eh, thank you, Holly. Uh, but I think that's most improved in our Strava discussions. And uh, starting from zero, it makes it makes it easy. So thanks. Yay. <laughs> okay, last one. And so the, the next recipient of our most improved award, um, as we mentioned earlier, someone who learned row a few years ago, but 
kind of stepped up to the challenge. We put out a call this year to rowers who were kind of in our first year program or our novice recreational program and, and said, okay, we've got spots to teach you how to row singles. If you want to come, you'll be one-on-one -on -one with a coach. We want to get you to be able to row because normally you row in, in quads or doubles and we can't do that right now. And surprisingly, very few people stepped up to the, the plate. It was very daunting amidst kind of all the other stresses of the year, but, but this person, took the challenge and, and was always looking for ways to, to get out more and how can I get in the boat more often and, and similar to how Craig was, was debriefing on the, uh, through Strava, because we were doing our kind of one-on-one -on -one sessions, we were able to stop, debrief the, the set of strokes that we'd done or, or as we were heading into the dock waiting for a, a spot to dock, um, we could kind of go through and, and, and they always asked very thoughtful questions and and kind of really I could see the, the wheels were turning and they were analyzing everything and and many times they would come to me and say I was at work today and I was thinking about this and this and this why do we do it like that and and as a coach when you have people that are not just there to absorb but are also to to kind of be part of that conversation and and take it on themselves to to see how they can get better as an athlete it's the best experience so the other recipient of the most improved award goes to Kathy Schwartzentruber. Yay! Congratulations, Kathy. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, Holly's first comments uh, emphasized what I at first thought when I heard I got this award was that uh, the pool was not deep this year uh, if I got that award. But then I thought about it and thought, you know, I really did make big strides this year. Uh, Holly is such a, an affirming coach everything was in a positive way and I could, and broken down very well into, you know, very manageable steps in each session, concentrated on something else and trying to put it all together. So it was a really intense learning experience. And I, I do feel I learned a lot. I just wanted to, to show you, this was the year I got, the award I got the year I did my learn to row. And that was a, a little homemade award. Oh, that's great. What does it say on the front? It says, uh, adult first year or as a woman of the year 2018. Oh, I like it. With a little oh, or on the back. Yeah. There. Are there, are there hard awards, Holly, for these this year? In to not, we weren't able to get them done this year. The person, one of our members, uh, Chris Zulnoff, who normally makes our awards, um, he's been teaching virtually and he has a, a young son so we weren't because we weren't all kind of together for the award ceremony we weren't able to get them their physical awards but definitely the next time we all see each other i'll make sure that there's a, a physical the, thing are they the same design each year like it would look like kathy's similar yeah they're always a little bit different um because he makes all of them from from scratch from hand based on the woodworking materials he has and then we do as Craig mentioned have a golden flipper award which is not necessarily the athlete that's flipped the most but most memorable experiences or 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 um moments flipping and, and the, the winner of that this year was uh Brian Bow but they always get a spatula like you would flip a pancake <laughs> or or an egg which is fun but we're definitely looking at ways to to spice up the awards in in future years as well that's yeah, great that's brilliant that's great and, and we should mention that all of these same awards, there's also like a Tough as Nails and a Hammer and a, there's a bunch of, if people want to follow Halifax Rowing Club on Facebook, they have uh, all these awards listed out and who won them this year. And maybe it's something people can do at their own clubs uh, virtually. And it's a great idea uh, to connect your community to each other. Thank you so much for talking with us about your awards. Like we, like we mentioned earlier, it was just really a breath of fresh air to see that happening this year. You know, Tara had a really interrupted season, although she did get to get out in a single sum this year. My season was completely obliterated. I'm a sweep rower and our program ended before the season even started. Mm -hmm. So I've been um, on an ERG all year and we did not do an awards, uh, you know, at the end of the season this year. So, you know, I'm really kind of missing that and missing that connection. So it's really lovely to hear that you've um, had the sort of season and the sort of team um, spirit as a whole to continue on that tradition despite kind of all the craziness of 2020. So thanks for letting us uh, talk with you about it and sharing your experiences through the, through the season. And I really hope that this inspires the clubs that are listening because I think there needs to be this sort of glimmer of hope 
uh, that we can infuse some normal activities like our galas and our and our award ceremonies. So if anybody out there just wants to check out what Halifax is doing, check out their Facebook and then check out our show notes uh, after the show. So we have a quick uh, thing that we like to do at the end of every show called rapid fire. And we're just going <laughs> to quickly ask each of you a question. We're going to start with Jen. Okay. Port or starboard? Port. Craig, bow seat or stroke seat? Oh. Holly, salt water or fresh water? Salt water. Now, I was going to ask Kathy, head race or sprint race, but neither for you right now. So why don't I ask that question? I'm going to ask that question of, of Jen. So head race or sprint race? Head. Okay. Uh, let's see. All right, here, Kathy. Unisuit or two-piece? Oh, unisuit. Yes, ma'am. Uh, now, what we've learned by talking with you all is that you are predominantly a um, sculling club. But Holly, remind me, have you come from a sweep background? I was, I have only swept a handful of times, although it's one of my favorite boats to, to coach. Um, I was a single, so I raced the single and only rode in the single for, for two or three years straight with no crew rowing at all. Um, so I'm definitely a sculler. I think okay. Jen is probably the sweeper. So we might have to go back to yeah. Jen for this last one or yeah. this next to last one. Yeah. So we normally like to ask a favorite Cox command to receive or give. To receive would be bring it up. Bring it up right to the end of the end of the race right the you're, last... you're almost done and yeah. you know then the, the finish line must be in sight yeah so i always get excited by that super excited yeah me too <laughs> yeah All right, and, and then and uh, last uh last but not least we, uh for everyone um coffee before or after a row oh <laughs> both <laughs> after tea, tea. yeah <laughs> Tea club, tea club. We always have a tea drinker on the show. There's always one. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, all right. thank you so much, everyone. This has just been joyful and wonderful. And it's so nice to meet all of you. And we're just so happy that you agreed to join us uh, from north of the border. And we wish you all well, for sure. And happy and safe rowing in the winter. Thank you for having us. Thank, thank you. you. Welcome. Thanks, everyone. We'll be in touch, I'm sure. Yep, we'll be in touch. Have a great right. day. Take care. You too. It's time to check it down and finish up this episode like we always do. Each week, listeners share the best rowing-related things that happened to them. Let's hear from a few folks. Hello, this is Todd Vogt calling from Portland, Oregon, <clears throat> rowing out of the Portland Boat Club. The best part of my rowing week so far was the row in my single that I had yesterday morning when the sun was coming up and the fog was lifting and the water was perfectly calm. It was lovely. Okay, thanks. Hi, my name is Tiffany Hogan and I'm a master's rower with the Narragansett Boat Club in Providence, Rhode Island. And I would say that mostly I had a pretty boring rowing week because um, unlike some of the other folks at my club who are very hardy, I get tired of rowing in the dark and in the cold usually by late October, early November. So usually at this time of the year, I'm just um, enjoying the off season, doing some cycling, doing some running. And, you know, this year, of course, doing it socially distanced, of course. But um, this past week was a little different. I decided to attend one of the days of the virtual U.S. rowing convention. And it was great. I've never attended a U.S. rowing convention before. It never crossed my mind. I don't coach. Um, I just row, and so I would never have spent the money and taken the time to go to uh, one of the conventions, but since I could attend virtually this year, I decided to attend the day that was devoted to training, and it was super. I really enjoyed listening to the speakers, um, learning a little bit more about how to train and how to do intervals and what to be thinking about when I do my strength training, so it was a great experience, and um, I'm hoping that in the future there'll be more opportunities to attend virtually, even if it, um, well, assuming it'll be live again, of course, by, by the end of next year. Uh, let's all be optimistic that way. I hope everybody's doing well. Thanks so much. Take care. Bye. Uh, my name's Mary O'Callaghan. 
I row in Australia at a club called Lake McDonald Rowing Club. Uh, we're on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland, which is um, subtropical, and we're just at the beginning of our summer now. Um, I do a lot of single sculling, and at the moment, we have a few sweep rowers who are learning how to scull. And on reflection, I think the best part of my rowing week at the moment is when I go out with those guys in a double or in a quad and try and help them along. I find uh, I really get a kick out of diagnosing problems in the boat, coming up with ways to fix it and coming up with the right words to use. And then sort of sharing their excitement when they have a little revelation in the boat. I find that really rewarding. Cheers. Hi, this is Kim Reynolds. I row with Recovery on Water in Chicago, Illinois. I've been rowing for about seven years. The best part of my rowing week, honestly, is when I get up in the morning to do my morning workouts. It gets me pumped for the day, and I just love the way I feel. I have energy for the rest of the day to do my thing. Thank you. Hey, guys. This is Sue Koshelski. I wanted to call and let you know the best part of my rowing week. Um, well, aside from attending the U.S. Rowing Conference, which was pretty cool, um, I also hit 100K in the Concept 2 Holiday Challenge. Um, so I'm halfway to getting my pin because, you know, you got to get the pin. Um, but that wasn't the coolest thing. The coolest thing is that the two ladies that I've been rowing with for the last three years um, that I taught how to row also hit 100K. So all three of us hit 100K this week. And that was really um, something I'm really proud of um, because I taught them how to row. And it's been really fun journey with them. And I just think it's really cool that we all kind of hit that milestone at the same time. So that was the highlight of my rowing week. All right, thanks. Have a great day. Bye. Hi, this is Ashley L. Pryor. I am the CEO and founder of Relentless Rowing Academy here in Columbus, Ohio. This is my first time attending the U.S. Rowing Convention, and I was so lucky to be a recipient of the Changemaker Scholarship, which is awesome because I wouldn't have been able to attend the entire conference without those donors. My favorite thing so far, um, there's two, so I can't just narrow it down to one, um, is seeing some of my colleagues be able to share their story um, and just do it so eloquently. And my favorite session so far has been the language of coaching. I'm going to be honest, I went into this thinking as a personal trainer, group fitness instructor, and rowing coach that I don't know what else more I can learn. And let me tell you, that was amazing. I came away with three pages worth of notes, new ideas, and confirmation um, of what I've already been doing and how to keep it up. I will say what from that session made the biggest impact were the three Ds, and that's description, direction, and distance. So, for example, saying something like, focus on smashing the dumbbells through the ceiling when educating movement prep. And I am very excited to continue to add that into my cueing as I focus on strength training. So that's just a quick note on what was impactful for me, and I'm excited to finish out the next couple of days and come away with some awesome knowledge. Thank you again. Bye. Hi, my name is Natalie Letcher, and I row with the Green Lake crew in Seattle, Washington. And the best part of my rowing week this week was getting the CZ or scholarship and attending the USA Rowing Conference. What an amazing opportunity, and it's all um, involving diversity and inclusion and helping rowers and coaches. It's a great opportunity. So thank you very much. Hi, this is Ben Hawkes. Uh, I'm a rower with uh, Minerva Bath Rowing Club in England, and the best part of my rowing week was getting a message from Tara Morgan in Seattle, Washington, uh, saying, I like your video, Erg Life, because we all like filthy ergos. And isn't it nice to know that there's something universal that we're all interested in, even if it's disgusting, nasty, and based on a concept too. Happy days. This is Lindsay Dare Shoop. 
I currently row in my living room on my Concept 2 Model C Erg, not on the water. Uh, one of the best parts of my rowing week thus far was when a um, was when a reader commented publicly on my new book, Better Great Than Never, that she read it in 24 hours, loved every word, and that it got her out of her funk. Not only that, that she feels like she's ready to take on anything that 2021 has in store. You know, when I wrote the book, I had hoped that it might help people, but I didn't really know what that meant until I saw it. Um, so yeah, so that made my week pretty great. I also think that the fact that I genuinely enjoy erging in my living room while watching cheesy TV shows is pretty great too. Don't forget, you can add your voice to this segment. Just record your own voice on your phone to share the best part of your rowing week. Send the audio to us anytime at bestpart at steadystatenetwork.com. Hey team, that's it for today. But for show notes, links, extras, bonus content, and to join our Patreon community, visit steadystatenetwork.com. In two, let it run. One, two, let it run. Mm-hmm.